Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans. It is Joe in the pilot seat of episode 179 of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. And, you know, before I introduce all my regular co-hosts, let's go through it, shall we? Always follow us at Rule of the Galaxy SW uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at Rule of the Galaxy podcast on TikTok. Just Rule the Galaxy on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, last but not least, I believe, uh, follow us, uh, go buy some gear like this cool hat I'm wearing at uh, all caps, rule the galaxy, all one word. Go to Etsy.com, all caps, one word, rule the galaxy. Last but not least, if you want to email us, complain about how any of us look, act, or what we say, rule the galaxy SW at gmail.com. Brent will be manning the post and be ready to answer your emails very quickly and uh, get you a great response. But outside of that, it's chapter 179, Rule the Galaxy. We're on our way to 200. Um, let's see yeah, let's see where we go after that, right? But uh, I've got most of the regular crew back. I mean, most of the regular crew is here, so let's just whip it around the horn and see we timed it out perfectly for D-Doc to show up while the shtick was going on. Yep. Uh, Brent, I saw your hand go up. You start oh. us. How you doing, Brent? I just want to know if he's fresh off the Andor set because I feel like he was in this last episode. <laughs> Lonnie? I mean, as soon as I saw him, like I hadn't paid attention to him in the other episode of the other scenes of the episode. But as soon as I saw the elevator, I was like, D-Doc, what are you doing? Yep. Yep. It's always the ginger. I saw someone say <laughs> online, it's, why is it always the ginger in Star Wars? <laughs> So if you guys ever see me in a Star Wars movie, don't trust my ass. <laughs> I like it. I think that's a possibility, D-Doc. Yep. But shouldn't we trust him, though? Because he's working for the good guys. Uh, that's true, actually. <sighs> hey, he was uh, trying to get out. In I, I, not to toot my own horn, but didn't I say that that guy was a rebel spy last episode? Come on, Alfie. I was ready to give you praise when I introduced you and you just... <laughs> Just right there, you just crapped on my praise. But yes, you were right. Um, so, go ahead, Brent. I know I ruined the introduction, so I'll go ahead and like retry to get this back on track because <laughs> D Doc was in the last episode of Andor. Um, 100% that was him. Uh, cool, I'm glad to be on. Love to escape in the rule, uh, to the galaxy far, far away. Um, I'm not sure if you have any news or notes, but uh, my video, my video game, my tabletop game just kind of grew a little bit. So uh, I'll tease that because it might be one of the stories that we bring up. Other than that, let's get it rolling. You got it. Alfie, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Uh, as you can see behind me, we're getting in the Christmas spirit here early at the Molineros. Yeah. 
you know, um, I got found out though, getting the stuff down. I tried to sneak up that secret stash of star Wars figures and I got caught. Yeah. That little but, of yours, man, she is, she is a pistol. Yeah. She's something else. <laughs> I'm really excited for her to see what's in the box, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe this weekend. We'll see. Okay. Well, I will wait with bated breath, waiting to see the reaction video. It's if she finds, finds out. It's pretty big. It's pretty okay. big. It's not another brother or sister, is it? No, 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 no. <laughs> no it's Star Wars related. Okay. okay. And it was actually funny because, you know, like I said in our text, Robin was giving me crap about the Star Wars figures. And I come down out of the attic, you know, after getting the Christmas stuff down. I said, she just order something from Amazon? Oh. Yeah. Okay. So she doesn't have a whole lot of room to talk. Is it is it what you posted? Is it the Millennium Falcon? Mm. T- the the tent or no, the uh... No, no, no. You okay. posted that. I did? Okay. Yeah, you sent it to me. Yeah, see I I spend way too much time on my phone. Anyway. Um yeah, it's, it's bigger than that. Okay. <clears throat> wow. All right. It's not another land speeder. She's already got one no. land speeder. Yeah. No, no land speeder. Okay. And okay, so to go back to it, yes, you were right. I actually have on my notes, Alfie was right. It was right there, bold letters. Lonnie turned or didn't turn, was playing both sides. You called it. And now I'm sure you've got it somewhere where we all don't read because we don't want to know all the insight, but you definitely called it. So good job on that. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. D Doc. Besides playing in the most recent Andor episode, what have you been up to? Uh, I'm doing good. I was able to settle down from the World Series. I was listening <laughs> back on. Um, <clears throat> I was listening back on last episode, and honestly, I was so overwhelmed <laughs> that night. I, I was re-listening to that, just like, man, I made some good points on this podcast because I don't even really remember saying some of this stuff because I was just so wired. So able to settle down able to kind of focus on real life and and all that fun stuff again you know and you know it was a fun run it was gonna end uh you know either that day or the day after and now i can focus on star wars and the podcast and all this fun stuff so i'm i'm in a happy place right now actually good for for the circumstances so i'm excited to talk some andor what happens when the eagles lose their first game Mm. will it be go another depression Listen, I don't know. I feel like I'm just being set up for some kind of twisted joke this year. I, honestly, you want them to lose. It's too. It's too good to be true at this point. Is it's what you're feeling? Yeah, you know, you know, when your team just keeps winning, and you're just like, God, I don't want our first bad game to be in the playoffs. Like that's that's just crossed my mind now. But I'm just going to enjoy this ride. You do not want that to happen. <laughs> you don't want to roll into the playoffs fifteen and one. And that one loss being, you know, your last game where the the fourth string played and you get the bye week and then you just lay a turd yep. against the Steelers or the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fortunate thing is we don't have to worry about the Steelers making the playoffs for a long time. So we don't have to talk about that. Um, Nor the Colts. Or the Colts. You yes. never know, man. You can be <laughs> in the Falcon. middle of a rebuild and then next yeah. thing you know. Hey, but I do want you guys to know that the Falcons are fighting for the division lead with a five, four and five record. They are fighting for the division lead with a four and five record. Just keep that in mind. It's all good in the hood, brother. They are. They, you know what? That gives us give them something to cheer for in that new stadium down there. Um, yeah, but you know what? I do have tickets. Uh, Lori, Joey, Maddie, Greg, 
Um, we're all going to the Steelers Colts game, so that'll be fun. Uh, you know, we were because of the Italy trip this year, we we didn't really make the big uh trek out to Pittsburgh to watch a game. So fortunately, they're coming to Indy, and you know what? It's like we've talked about before in Star Wars. I'll relate it back to that. We're all fans of Star Wars. If it sucks, we're still fans of it. We still want it to be successful. It's the same way with Steelers. If they're going to suck this year, that's okay. I'm still a fan. You know, I hope they get better, and uh, we'll, we'll cross our fingers. So, uh, yeah. But uh, what you know, um, Didak, with you talking or with us talking about you being in Andor. I tell you what, I really, I know you guys get to listen. Now, if you get to be a part of it a little bit with, with Jack Harvey uh, recently, Jack Jack was a great guy. And I tell you what, looks like a movie star. I mean, literally, Jack looks like a movie star. He's got the British, you know, he's from Great Britain, so he's got that accent going on. I, I wasn't kidding when I asked him. I was like, if they came and asked you if you want to be in, he you should be in. I mean, he, he should play something, just a bit role even, because he's such a big Star Wars fan. If they let him wear the Star Wars helmet, they got to let him come on and do a little bit role somewhere. Go ahead, D-Doc. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I listened to the audio, but I also did check in on some of the YouTube when you said that during the episode. You were asking him, <laughs> you know, what who we would play or whatever. Um, but, man, shout out to him. He's fun. He's always throwing us likes on um, TikTok and all that stuff. You know, he follows us uh, from this podcast such a down-to-earth guy, and it's hard to believe that he hops in that car and drives as fast as he freaking does. You know, he he was a cool guy to listen to. So shout out to him if he's listening to this. I I agree. And to think it wasn't until I sat down and got ready to talk to him that I, I really started thinking about is driving 200 plus miles per hour with all those cars around you that fast, all that. I mean, they in episode one, they tell him, you know, you have to have special reflexes and stuff to be able to drive or pod race and you got to think there's only a select few people that probably can do what these guys do we all probably would like to or try it out but that's that's kind of crazy to be going 200 plus going into the turns all these cars around you so you know what is is it close to pod racing i'm gonna say it probably is but yeah it was really cool we really thank jack for being on there and uh and then we had a really great show with nick following up right that it's been a while since we've talked to nick and it was great to have him back on the next episode um a lot of fun so but we've been talking a lot of andor is there anything you guys want to hit before we jump in to uh what was that episode 10 of andor right there is there any, any other topics but i know brent we talked about there's some additions and some new things going on with the gaming world do you want to hit any of that or alpha or ddoc any topics you want to hit go ahead brent so there has an announcement. So I played the tabletop game called Legion. Um, it's made by a company called Atomic Mass Games. Mm-hmm. Um, they started by making a Marvel Crisis Protocol. And one of my game friends um, gave me the starter set of miniatures for my Marvel Crisis Protocol. So it's at a different scale. It's a little bit different game. Um, and just yesterday, yeah, I think it was just yesterday, Atomic Mass Games put out a press release that at Gen Con this coming year, they are going to demo a new Star Wars tabletop miniature game. The scale is different from my game based upon the way that the pictures were taken. The game mechanics are probably going to be a little bit different, but they're releasing it in 2023. The title of the game um, is reminiscent of our our friend Mace Windu and Mm -hmm. his his Jedi power and ability, Shatterpoint is the name of the game. 
Um, they showed miniature models that are different from what we've seen in Legion. Some are the same, some are different. Um, they showed an uh, a Ventress. They showed Maul. Um, the Commandos, those are all there. Maul and the Commandos are in there. But there was a Luminara that they showed as far as like a model to be played in the game. Um, there was a Rex. I think there was an Anakin. There was an Obi-Wan on the light side. But so it's it's the small skirmish squad based game. My game can take about two and a half to three hours to play a full game. Whereas I think this game will probably be designed to be played in an hour kind of board game ish. Um, but yeah, so it's a lot of unknown. The doomsdayers who are hardcore Legion people think that this spells doom for Legion. Uh, other people in the gaming world think that there's there's a marketplace for both. Um, they think it spells doom because this is the same manufacturer and developer, but they're now going to split time on the two games. So there's not going to be enough time to devote to both of them. And it's a relatively small company. Atomic Mass Games is very small compared to other different board game manufacturing companies. So they're just worried that there's not going to be enough development time put to Legion if they're developing this game at the same time. I don't know. All of that stuff, doom and gloom. But it's a new game for Star Wars, and uh, you're gonna have new things to paint up. I, you know what? If I if I could concentrate like you could, Brent, I would play Legion. I really <laughs> love watching Legion. I love taking pictures of Legion. I like watching other people play. But I've got the attention span of a flea, so for me to play it, it doesn't do as well. Maybe this shortened version. I don't know. Maybe maybe it works better for a short attention span guy like me but still i think it's really cool what you already do with all the painting and all the work for it so i you know what i'll try it out once you get it because i know you'll get it and we'll see how it goes so i don't know if i'll get it because i'm getting poor these days but i'm also wearing i'm gonna shout out to our my got my gaming crew i'm wearing my jersey from the uh where we're called we call ourselves the indianapolis garrison um and so they put out a podcast uh garrison talks, talks. Yep. garrison talks um we've had him on one time i just life has gotten in the way and i haven't had him back on to have a, a follow-up conversation to kind of boost the signal from here um but if you guys uh, i believe we're on spotify is about the only place that we could they've uh they've hit up they're not on the apple but if you get your podcast from spotify you can check out um the garrison talks if you're into the star wars legion they always have some interesting conversation um, about the game and then they always do some like what if and like pie in the sky type thing type questions to like what job or what role would you have those types of things okay good good um ddoc on another topic were you the one that threw it out today about the anime yeah stuff that's going i don't again first anime i really watched was star wars visions right so i don't know a lot on it so if you've got some more depth and detail on this, send it our way. What do you got? Yeah, uh, Studio Ghibli. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced that way. Studio Ghibli. G-H-I-B-L-I. Yeah. They are extremely popular. One of the most popular anime studios that exists, basically. I mean, they have a classic um, animation artist over there who I don't know his name. Any fan of it would probably be annoyed for me not knowing his name. Um, because it's really one of those studios that has a hardcore fan base, you know, like 
if you've ever been to a Barnes and Noble and seen some of their model sections, you probably have seen uh, my neighbor Totoro from that movie. You know, it's like big guy with the umbrella and the little girl standing next to him, big fur ball with the umbrella. You would probably know it if you saw it. I don't, it's extremely popular. So the fact that you have this studio teasing that the way they did today, they make incredible movies. If you haven't seen any anime, I was talking to you guys about Princess Mononoke today, which to me, uh, Ahsoka's episode, uh, first episode of Mandalorian is completely ripped from that movie. And I think hmm. Dave Filoni even said it because when I watched it, I'm just like, this is exactly like that movie. There was a town where there was a girl going to attack the town. They had a bell that they would ring every time she was coming to attack. It was like shot for shot, the same thing. Um, so yeah, they're a very popular studio. And honestly, if they're teaming up with Lucasfilm, hopefully it's Star Wars. I mean, it is. They did show Lucasfilm. They didn't show Star Wars. Okay. Um, so, you know, it could technically be another offshoot. But to me, that's really big news. And if they're making a movie, we're in for something. We're in for something good. Okay. Gotcha. Alfie or D, uh, Brent, you guys either one have any insight on that the, the new no anime, anime is so far from my world <laughs> however visions is coming out right like yeah, visions 2.0 yeah. when is, does anybody know when that actually is going to drop visions 2.0 they haven't said anything alfie, alfie what you got i've read quite a few things today that this may be associated with the grogu short that's coming out soon in the next few weeks uh, really yes but uh Nothing else has really been said about, it. and that's just speculation. There's nothing concrete about that. Everything I, you know, the time difference it probably won't find anything else out till about five o'clock tomorrow. But mm -hmm. um, it is. I did read too that uh, Kathleen Kennedy and Filoni were in Japan as recently as three days ago. So there could be more to it. Yes. Wow. And if you've ever seen the movie Ponyo. Uh, Liam Neeson voices one of the main characters in that movie. Right. So, and it was retweeted by the official Star Wars account. So, seems like there's something solid there. Smoke and fire. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, you know what? The this one is one I'll sit back and wait and let you guys fill me in on because it it's not in my wheelhouse. So that's cool. It's uh, hey. More things to draw people to Star Wars, the better. And no matter what avenue it is, games, anime, let's go. Let's see. They, you know, might bring them to some other part of Star Wars. Um, speaking of other parts of Star Wars, I've let myself get a little bit away from the comics over the past few years, and I wish I wouldn't because it looks like there's some good storylines going on there. But I saw in the Star Wars Hidden Empire comic series. Looks like the number one coming out of that one is going to be Miss Kira from uh, the Solo mm -hmm. movie having a little run-in with the Emperor is what I was seeing. Is that correct? Does anybody else see that? Yes. Her whole, uh, the previous run was lead up to uh, something to do with Darth Vader. It's escaping me for the, but the, yeah, they were going after the Empire. And wasn't that that was like the Battle of the Bounty Hunters, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. The the where they had Crimson Dawn and others mm -hmm. all battling. Okay. So now she's she's throwing down and saying we're gonna take uh basically the 
bounty hunters guild or the group that's doing this kind of underworld kind of stuff and see if they can battle against the empire with it. Is that what I'm reading? She no longer Kinda has looks Han. That way. She had Han for a short period, if I'm not mistaken, in some comic, correct? Like right in before, Carbonite, yes. Yeah, right before your mm -hmm. Jedi, something like that. So this is taking place during the original trilogy, Alfie? Yes. So right now that happens. So we're like almost to Return of the Jedi stage. Yeah, because I think when in that run, when she has Han, Luke, and everyone else is there too. Okay. Good, good. Well, that's a little story right there. Uh, uh, D-Doc, go ahead. Yeah, and then the other <clears throat> bit of news, I don't know if you were going to say it or not, but is um, there seems to be a lot of smoke around uh, the director of the Deadpool movies uh, being chosen to direct the Star Wars movie. And there was also another director who came out and it was said that he is no longer the director of a Star Wars movie, which I didn't even know about this one. Alfie, do you know his name who said, you know, he said it wasn't for a lack Dillard. of... Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said it wasn't for a lack of trying on my part, you know? Right. That, that was one I didn't even know about. What is, what is he directed before? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I can look it up here. But yeah, that goes back to... Was announced in like 2020. Yeah. He so was a young up and coming ago? guy, right? Yeah. Everybody's like, let's put him in here. And... Uh, devotion. Okay. I don't I don't know. And the new guy from Deadpool, I forget his name. Was, uh, John Levy. There we go. Yeah. So I did see some news about that. Um look, I'm not gonna lie. I uh I somewhat have a man crush on Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool is one of those movies that I kind of dig. So yeah. if we can get some action, you know, like that. I'm, I'm okay with it. And if it means he draws Ryan Reynolds into the star Wars universe, I, you know, I know some people will balk at that, but who the hell cares? Right. Everybody's in a Marvel movie. Somebody needs to be in a star Wars movie every now and then. Yeah. So. You got to make one first though. That, that's what I honestly think, though, because he's one of those directors where it's like he's worked with Ryan Reynolds a lot. Like he did that um, Netflix film where it was the younger version mm -hmm. of Ryan Reynolds and himself. Like they've done a lot of work together. So who knows? Maybe we'll see Ryan Reynolds in a galaxy far, far away. Well, I'm I'm OK with it. Um, I've got a movie script ready, ready, ready and waiting to go for Ryan Reynolds. If he wants to do a movie, I've got one. I've got it lined up. I've written out all the notes. All he's got to do is call me. I've got one. He'd make even more millions of dollars. So it's, you know, just right here. Joe's head. <laughs> Brent, you were going to say something. Oh, I mean, I was going to take it in a different direction because you guys are talking to Star Wars news. I wasn't going to follow up with oh, all of ahead. these directors. <laughs> I was pointing... I was pointing to what Alfie said because he said they got to make one first. So <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I will second that and be another voice to, to parrot that. Like, I, I feel like a broken record because I'm the one that says it all the time. There's, I said 3,000 projects. I don't know how many projects there yeah. are that are talked about in Hollywood. And only a fraction of those, the top 1% of those actually Name see the Marvel and one that didn't get made. I knew you were going to say that. I know it. you're going to say that. Because I, I can guarantee you that there are projects that are still not, that are sitting on the shelves with Marvel's name on them. Do you, do you They're making She-Hulk. A movie? Yeah. She-Hulk. Not a, a movie. It's TV. It's already out. It was a great series. My daughter, right. the one, the I'm one saying thing that my daughter likes. They liked. can develop any character into a film or series and get it made. 
Star Wars couldn't make a Boba Fett series. Star Wars couldn't make a Kenobi series. Well, I if you ask the Marvel fans, I don't think they, they felt about the same way as the Star Wars fans did. Star about Wars Fett, took almost as long as James Cameron did to make Avatar, and they got six episodes of Kenobi. <laughs> that is correct, 100%. And what I'm saying to you is there are so many projects in Hollywood oh. that are talked about and discussed that never see the light of day. I can guarantee you that you could probably walk into Feige's office and he doesn't talk about it, but there's probably 25 scripts that are sitting there that aren't seeing the light of the day. There's an idea for them, but they're sitting there. Just because you don't hear about them doesn't mean that they're not happening and they're not being made. I will agree with you on that point, except for the fact that Marvel is now on to phase five of their movies and Star Wars is still can't get out of the gate of phase one. So there are two things about movies that I've learned recently, and they were from a movie and from documentaries. And I'm going along with Brent's idea of thousands of things sitting there, right? Um, one, how many of you guys have seen the movie Argo? Yeah. I think it's a fabulous movie. I'd watch it anytime it comes on TV. Uh, and Star Wars Connections in it, which is fabulous, makes the movie even better. But they go to a movie house, and in that movie house, they start picking through movies that have been pitched to people that are in a pile, and you have to pay someone to grab it out of that pile to be able to go make it. And so I will agree with you on that, Brent. That's out there. That's still going on. Two, the movies that made us, the documentary show that's on – Almost every single one of these movies that's fabulous, great, that has changed people's lives, they said, oh, this movie was canceled how many times? They had a different star on it how many times? You had to bring in a fourth director to make it even happen, right? So I get it. I will 100% agree with you that that is out there, that there's 30,000 of those in a pile waiting to be made. It's not like every day somebody comes in, fresh script, here we go, next one. That's not that way. It's not how it that's, works. So. That's all fine and dandy because that is true. But we're talking Star Wars that Disney paid $4 billion for. And they and paid they, seven for Marvel. Right. And they're getting a return it was a on better, their investment in Marvel. Because it was a better product. They paid more for it because it was a better product and because they had the phases in store. I'm sorry. Like, right. I, because I'm a Star they Wars went fan. with someone who said, why – throw the baby out with the bathwater said so we already got everything established let's just build on that sure you can tweak it if you want we can make some changes but we have a basic outline with star wars you said no we don't want any of those stories and now you're so lost on what to do you went back to those stories to finish your trilogy because, because as you much as come stuff- up with an original idea as much as Star Wars fans want there to be more George Lucas stuff, there was not any new George Lucas stuff. There were things that he put together to try to get the get the sale from three million three billion to four billion. There wasn't anything in the hopper. They bought Marvel with ten movies still to be made and waiting to be made. Right, that's but why they, they bought it because it was already off of comic books that were decades old. Correct. That's my point is they didn't change the story that much from what had already been written. So they it's easy when you have 300 issues of Iron Man to come up with an Iron Man movie. 
and I'm not saying that they couldn't continue with the EU and bring the EU in, and I think that's where you're going with that. And but they had they wanted to make their own Star Wars, right? And that it's is- really hard, and it's very difficult to do. And now we've seen after, with failed project after failed project how hard it actually is. I I don't see any of them. I don't see them as failed <laughs> projects. Like that's the like I don't see them as failed projects. Maybe some Star Wars fans do because it's not what they thought it was supposed to be. I'm still watching it. I like them. There we okay, go. D-Doc. Come on, Lonnie. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say while we're on the topic of return of investment, we have not brought up our favorite place to go on here recently. The Star Wars uh, cruiser, the uh, Galactic oh, Star God. Cruiser, you know, the, the four. What is it? Uh, Five thousand dollar vacation for four people or whatever it is. Um, they're they're trying to give away rooms to. Uh, content creators again to try to get the uh you know word out there of how great it is and everything and yeah alfie said you can book a room like a week away the day that that article came out i got online and i could book a room for the following day why is anyone shocked at this nobody is right like i think I, i even heard and i don't know if i was down there or if i heard it from somebody else that the bus drivers who are driving the Disney buses said that they're out of their minds with that hotel. Yeah, it was it was when I was it there. It was you. Actually. It was you, D-Doc. Yeah I, yeah, I knew I heard it from somebody. They're like, they're out of their minds trying to do something. Like, even the cast members, because the bus drivers are considered cast members, even Disney cast members down there are thinking that the company is out of their mind with it. Guys, yeah. I, I, I'm going to stop on this, though, because here's the thing. As much as it sounds like we're happy or gloating or anything because a Star Wars movie is not getting made or the Galaxy's Hotel, what is it called? Galactic Cruiser? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's not filling up. We're not happy about that. I'm not happy about that. No, I'm not happy at all. Every time I see one of these articles about another up-and-coming director that couldn't get something off the ground, that's something we will never get to see. I'm, I, I want to go. So, I, I'm not happy. I'm not surprised. Like, right? I'm not no, like gloating no. about it. I'm just not shocked because it no. costs way too freaking much. You priced out two thirds of your fan base. Do you know who's not creating a hotel at, at Disney right now? Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. They're not yeah, making a hotel down there. But what did they do? They made Academy Academy with all of the relevant characters that kids want to see. Yes. And I did hear talks that the rock and roller coaster will be turning into a Marvel theme. Gal- roller coaster it's a galaxy. Uh, the guardians of the galaxy. Really? Is that the one I saw? There's a new, well, they, built, they built that in Epcot. The guardians of the galaxy roller coaster is a new one in Epcot. Oh, oh I thought it was taking over the rock and roller coaster in, uh, um, Rock and Roller Coaster is still Rock and Roller Coaster. It's just they lost their contract with Aerosmith, so now it's right. just basic music. There's none Maybe of that Aer- Aerosmith studio stuff. In the I- I'm going to say that Aerosmith lost the contract. I think Aerosmith <laughs> probably was intoxicated one night, probably lit the wrong thing. It was a contract instead of something else. <laughs> I- I'm just throwing it out there. These guys are 75 years old, and yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. So, and who's so, listening to Aerosmith today? Anyway, I'm listening to '70s and '80s Aerosmith, but yeah. So, so thanks for bringing up the whole 
movie situation because that's always a fun conversation for Alfie and I. But <laughs> what I'm going to go back to and try to flip it to is a conversation that y'all are going to want to talk about. And that is um, the StarWars.com Bring the Galaxy Home feature. I just went and checked it out. The, that is where they highlight some toys and they highlight different things. Some things are already out on the shelves and they're just bringing your attention to it. Some of them are new things that you can pre-order. Like they have a Vel Black Series. I don't know if you noticed that or if you saw that or if we talked about it. There's a Vel Black mm -hmm. Series model that they're try they're uh, getting ready to promote. That was on a couple weeks ago. On the most recent one, D-Doc, they have the Inquisitor ship with the Grand Inquisitor minifig, Reva, like the the shark or the uh, hammerhead shark faced uh, Inquisitor. I don't fifteenth brother, twelfth brother, third sister, yeah. whatever their names are, and it looked like Obi Wan too, as far as minifigs in that that come with that case. So I'm sure you know about that one. Um, it looked like they were highlighting a Boba Fett, another old retro era a vintage collection mm -hmm. um joe they they're they're highlighting the diff uh sunglasses um i think they're like stormtrooper based not quite um 70s um oh, yeah. 70s pe teacher with uh the yeah. short coat shorts on yeah. type sunglasses and or porn stash ish um sunglasses that you have the x-wing fighter pilots but yeah. those are the certain things so i draw your attention to the x-wing or not to the x-wing to uh bring the galaxy home it's okay. a feature they drop it every monday tuesday wednesday sometime in that nature and highlight five or six different items that you can purchase but ddoc have you seen that lego set yeah i actually saw it on the shelf uh this week when i was doing some target scouting even though i didn't buy anything um yeah the to be honest with you uh there's not much hunting that needs to go on for me anymore. I go there and everything is on the shelves now. Nice. All the vintage figures, all the black series, all the Legos, except the freaking ATT, which is what I'm after. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just because that Mando figure is 40 freaking dollars for a black series figure. And I don't think anybody's going to pay $40 for it. I mean, everybody just knows to wait for that clearance shelf because they do go on clearance. Uh, so I don't know. People are playing the game with uh, with Hasbro now with these. Their, their prices were raised and people are, are not buying them like they were before, at least at my target. So there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. I bought one. <laughs> What'd you get? No, I bought that Mando. Okay. Yeah, mm. it's a great looking figure. They only had one, so that's why I did buy it. Yeah, I think I have probably like 12 on the shelf at my target, which I was just like can't believe it but uh yeah, i don't you know posted that picture and you there was like two pegs full of those boba fets i only found one at our target yeah and I, I like that too go ahead joe i'm sorry no i was saying it's quite a distance between your two targets sorry yeah yeah i mean i love i love that vintage collection figure but i think it's 21 dollars. i scanned it with my phone i think it came up as like 20.99 and i'm like Ugh, like i don't know well I love it that Brent is the one that brings up the stuff, starts you guys talking about Black Series figures. I think that's fabulous. Legos and Black Series brought up by Brent. That should be a new segment. Brent talks toys to see what we do. 
Did I uh, say anything about him? No, I, I was bringing up a topic see, for you so guys to talk about. You open yeah. the door. It's like a gateway yeah. drug. You it, know, it it's like you you, you crack I, that door. We're going to blow it up. First, first one's free. D-Doc, you brought, you brought up the fact that the difference between Marvel and Star Wars, and we have that yep. argument about Thank every you. third time we have a podcast. Because it's um, awesome. And I enjoy it. I'm looking, I was trying to find a fight bell, you know, like from boxing where you ring the bell. I'm going to, I'm going to start to ring that once you guys start to go back and forth. Uh, I'll just have it ready on my phone. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop one more because we really need to hit in Andor, but I'm going to drop <laughs> it's all a couple, filler. couple, seriously, <laughs> a couple I don't even things. think I've watched all the way through. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, here we go. One, um, it's in the works, but a Mr. Jimmy Mack from the Rebel Force Radio crew has let me know that he is more than open to come and hang on the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. And I think uh, everybody who's listened to Star Wars podcasts in any time in the past decade plus knows who Jimmy Mack is. He was kind enough. He and Jason Swank were nice enough to sit and take pictures with me at the C in Nashville. And we had a long half an hour conversation just the three of us, and uh, he's been nothing but kind ever since then, and timing hasn't worked out, but Jimmy Mack has let me know, as long as we can get things locked in with him, uh, we will have him on the Rule of the Galaxy podcast very soon. So if you're a Star Wars fan, a Rule of the Gal- uh, Rebel Force Radio fan, that is coming up very soon. I'll have more on that soon. Um, next week, um, Kevin Scott, the author from so many good Star Wars books, as well as the new High Republic books. Uh, he was Master and Apprentice, right? Is that right? Or Dooku Jedi Lost? I can't remember. I'm blanking. Anyway, Kevin Scott, Star Wars author, and a Jackson fan as well. Uh, he will be on the podcast. Um, he, because he's in England, has to do it at a certain timing. And because um, Jessica is such a big uh, High Republic fan, and it has to be in the morning. We're going to have Jessica do um, a one-on-one show with Kevin Scott. That's and, perfect. Yeah, and so she's going to do that. And I'm really excited for her to just send over the link so I can post that and everything. But that's coming next week. So we're really excited about that one. Um, so lots of good things going on here. Uh, really cool things. Last thing before we hit Andor outside of those two announcements was the announcement of the Acolyte cast. And honestly, guys, one, Leslie Headland's running it. We all know that. I've heard the name Amandla Stenberg, uh, but I don't know anything about her. But I looked through the rest of the people, and I'm sure they're all in great current streaming shows, but I didn't know any of them. All I know is from what I'm reading, it's supposed to happen at the end of the High Republic leading into the... uh, prequel trilogy right sometime in between that does anybody have any more details now that the cast has been announced i believe they're already getting together and starting doing some lines and looking at things and sets and things like that how, how deep you want to go well i mean just when is it any more storyline bits you can as long as you're not giving away spoilers i'm ready to hear a little bit about it okay somebody else talked in Oh god. Yeah, and like what do you consider to be a spoiler? I mean, don't tell me who's going to get killed, but I mean it happens here, it's about this. You can tell me all that stuff. Is it is it about Jedi? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
And it's at the end of the High Republic. So we're looking, what, 50 years before? The- I, I think it was like 40, 50 years. And it sounds like it's there, – there's a lot of speculation that Plagueis is going to be in it. I, I can never, I never feel like I could say his name right. It's like Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Plagueis. Yeah, Plagueis. And so Yoda there's has a, a chance There's a weird L in there. Um, I think so, but it could be. Okay. But well, I also – thought Yoda was going to be in like the High Republic stuff. And yeah. Okay. I don't know. Brent, D-Doc, any more news from you guys on the Acolyte? It sounded like the idea was really close to that uh, Knights of the Old Republic trailer that was released. Okay. As far as uh, sisters separated, one becomes a Jedi, but not the other kind of thing. Rock on. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be something different. I think we're going to see some different sets. I think we're going to see some different wardrobe, you know? So, you know, indoor is different. So I'm enjoying different. Uh, I'll take some different. All right. It's just a different take on the story, right? So we've seen pretty much everything's been presented from a light side point of view. Um, I would love to see something presented from an empire's point of view. You're getting some of it, but it still has that rebel point of view. Like you're getting more empire in Andor, but it still has a rebel spin. There's still, it's not truly an empire spin. So I'd like to see that, but like, I, I'm curious to see a true Sith dark side spin, if that's what it's supposed to be and looking at it straight on from that perspective. I could handle that on Acolyte if that's the direction they want to go. Yeah. Yeah. But but you guys have been bringing it up and you're right. Andor, let's talk about it. Chapter 10, episode 10 out of 12 in season one. Um, we get the prison break. We get, uh, there's no break in action, right? From episode nine to episode 10, it goes boom, boom, right to the next, right to the next one. Um, we get, um, they're going to break him out when the new man shows up. There's never enough guards. The plan starts coming together, all those things. But I, one of the things I really liked about this episode, um, I'll just throw it out there. We see the prison. We see Ferrix. We see Luthen on Coruscant. We see Imperial stuff going on. All these different things are coming together at one time in episode 10 with probably a banger 11 and 12 coming out very soon. Uh, with with all this mix of all this stuff going on, there's a lot going on. Um, but I will just say, looking at this, um, well, and I forgot we even got Mon Mothma and uh, Davos Skulden, which man, with you guys loving Lord of the Rings and all those kind of things, to have them talking about a 14 and 13 year old arranged marriage uh, between two families. I'm sitting there going, I'm feeling those vibes, brother. I'm feeling those vibes. Uh, but I think this this story hit me very well all the way with action, intrigue, uh, political, uh, soap opera stuff all at the same time. Plus, we got some people gun smoked, which you guys love. Kino is <laughs> Kino is a huge, I mean, come on. We got we got him a snoke. And he never really fulfilled the role that we wanted him to play. And here he is playing this role. And this dude is awesome as Kino. And and I'll just jump right to it. The monologue by Kino and the monologue by Luthen were absolutely awesome. 
they they got you pumped up they got you into the show and i'm not going to talk about the end until we get to the end but this show hit me in all the feels and i loved every part of it um what were your guys thoughts anybody want to raise their hand and take off first on it good bad or indifferent thoughts on it besides alfie falling asleep yeah i'll go real quick um i'm pretty much on the same page as you joe um I just thought it was really well made. I enjoyed that there was some plumbing in it. You know? <laughs> Little bit of plumbing behind those panels. You know? Oh, the man. Empire. You know, there's stuff back there. I, I'd be the guy who was fixing those pipes. I'd be wearing, you know, probably a crappier outfit than, you know, the rest of the Imperial officers. But I would have been a plumber there. So You would have had the know. boots. Yes. We got a lot of tools. You know, I got three episodes of them building God knows what. We got some plumbing in this episode, you know, water spell. I thought it was going to be hydraulics actually for the elevator when he was breaking that. That's what I thought it was the whole time. Um, But like not going into too much detail, I just freaking enjoyed it. It's pretty, pretty similar to how I've felt this entire series, but taken up another notch just because, you know, these arcs to me are paying off. I've enjoyed the payoff of these arcs. It's not the best craziest thing you've ever seen you know it's not the last 45 minutes of rogue one but i really enjoy the story that they're telling and the characters that they're building for a guy who we know is going to die you know in the future i i I just enjoy the story they're telling so far so i'm very happy after this episode okay alfie brent brent go ahead i thought two things and they happen to do with your cousin alfie one when Cassian gun smoked the dude, I had to say, I said out loud, Alfie. I mean, it's just like gun smoked, and then I said Alfie. Because, like, I mean, that one was a pure gun smoking. Like, no, no question about it. And then, second thing is, we found out why they're not wearing shoes. Mm-hmm. Because that was all the preview, that was all that Alfie would say. Why aren't they wearing shoes? Why aren't they wearing shoes? Um, so yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um, as you guys know, I like to see the world burn. I would have loved to see if they had the prison break another episode later, just because it would have drawn the people out and made the people crazy. But no, I enjoy it. I, I don't have, I mean, if we were going to just talk overall feeling, I enjoyed it. Um, I there's a couple details that I kind of want to get in and talk about, but I don't know what your plan no, is. No, I have Joe. no plan. That's I'm I'm going around. But the I'll room. let Alfie I'll I'll let Alfie start off with his feelings because I feel like he's gonna have a slight different take. Um, I feel like this one was more enter- like I understand where he's coming from, but I feel this one had more entertainment value than the previous episodes. Um, I I wouldn't say that it made up for the other episodes like you said, like you're hoping it will. I don't think it made up for the the non-entertainment, but I feel like this one definitely was more entertaining. Up to you, book. I really enjoyed this episode. I did. It was entertaining. Uh, a lot of tension, you know, a lot of drama. I liked seeing the plan come together. The only thing I, I just feel like it needed a little more in the action department. It needed to take it up another notch for as long as we've waited. I mean, this is 10 episodes and this is our big action you know, finale to this arc. And it's been like three hours since we've seen anything. It's just been people talking. 
Now, the one thing that I really did not like about this episode is that the prison break takes up almost the entire episode, which means we're going to get a snooze fest episode 11 set up after set up after set up. We got to get everybody back to barracks. Everybody's got to talk and Mon Mothman's got to talk about this bank account. You know, that's, that's going to be her arc for this season is setting up a, you know, a, a rat hole bank account somewhere. Couldn't we have wrapped this up by now? Um, but overall, I really liked it. Andy Serkis did an amazing job. You know, that that was the performance of, you know, that any actor wants to be known for. Um, finally seen people get gun smoked. How many episodes has it been? Like three? Yeah. And I th- I, one little detail I really liked, uh, because I think it ties into A New Hope here, um, do you notice that all, all the blasters in the Imperial prison were the rebels, not the E-11s, yes. the, the standard issue Imperials? So, you know, is this going to be, you know, you could you assume that most of the rebels' weaponry was stolen from the Empire once they make a transition to the E-11? Um, overall, really good episode. I think it was by far the best episode of this series so far in Hopefully it leads into a good finale. Go ahead, Brent. All right. So you say that his monologue, Kino's monologue, Andy Serkis's monologue was really good, but I liked two things about it. One, he was talking into the comm unit that was the same comm unit that Han Zolo talked mm-hmm. into on mm-hmm. the Death Star, which I thought was hysterical. And two, I like the fact that Kino wasn't, he was a reluctant leader, I think sure. is the best way I'm going to say it. He didn't want to be in that position, but Cassian, like, forced it out of him. Cassian knew that the people would not rise up if it was him going yeah. over that speaker. He knew that through the ranks, people knew Kino, and Kino knew what they were all facing. He knew it had to come from him. He knew yeah. it had to come from him. And I, and I think you're right. It wasn't like the speech was he was doing such a great job. It started off crappy. It got a little bit better. And well, then it built into him releasing well, all that anger, right? Sure. He had to build up to that, but it's also, it's also, he had to get challenged by Cassian. He's like, that's all you got. Mm-hmm. Give like you, you have more in you. And I know you have more in you to get these, the, the prisoners to fight and rise up. So Alfie, we're going to say something. Kino knew how to escape the whole time, but he knew he could never escape. He can't swim. He knew from the get, once it started, that there was only one way out. He knew which way that was and that he couldn't get out that way. Was So I, they did the overhead shot Mm -hmm. and they show the people swimming from one spot. Is were there people swimming from other spot? Because it looked like so. I'm gonna go like directional. So it looked like everybody was swimming northeast, but right. it also looked like there were people swimming southwest. I don't know. Well, they're coming up from how many that. seven from seven floors, right, all over the whole thing, and yeah. and what they say there was like five thousand prisoners in there for like a hundred and right at a hundred or so guards. So eighty-four be... guards. Okay. Well, there's no more than twelve. There's no more than twelve. Yeah. Per level. Twelve per level. Yeah. Kino knew that. Yeah. 
And I, I think one question we went into this show asking is, are we going to care about other characters in this show as much knowing what Andor's end story is? And I mean, freaking major props to Diego Luna, you know, having these amazing scenes with uh, Andy Circus, and, you know, the tension between the two of them. And as you guys said, you know, him egging him on, like, mm -hmm. I just thought it was excellent acting between the two of them. And man, I wanted freaking Cassian to gun smoke those two officers when they left the room. That right? was the gun smoke I wanted. I mean, I like, seriously, Give me the gun smoke. Screw them. You know, they they they're the ones who fried those guys. Pop pop, gun smoke. Let's do right? it. Right. I'm 100% with you because you have just murdered two other people. One outside at the brothel. You yeah. murdered this one dude who was like on his knees on the catwalk as you're running out. And then you leave the two officers. Now I'm not upset about them leaving the room with the guy with the uh, the Imperials hiding behind the door, which I also love that scene because mm -hmm. it shows how much of a coward those guys were, right? So they can be all great and all powerful when they have control over you, but as soon as you lose that power, you're gonna cower. And that was, I mean, that's kind of the impression that I got, and I love that impression. But I'm with you, like I'm upset that Cassian didn't gunsmoke both of those yeah. guys. Because the one guy said it would take months to turn the generators back on. But what if he was lying? I, I thought the and same thing. And he just thing. turns it on as soon as I leave the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Flip the switch fried, you know? I don't know. Well, it, it I should have been gun smoked. Do you care about other characters? The, the question was brought up. I was, oh, I was just, I was gun smoked. When he said, I can't swim, I just, my jaw dropped. And I was like, Oh, come on. I'm like, Keno, come on. After all you've done, let's go, brother. Let somebody help the the guy, right? I mean, it, it just, that hit me. I was like, come So, you know, I'm sitting there going, could he have made it? I mean, did, did somebody help him? Did he get out of there? Or is he There's the one who gets people fried? swimming. I mean, he could follow what, I mean, it's not that hard. Yeah. As an yeah. adult to learn how to swim. Depends no, on he, how long he had to swim. He stays behind and the empire turns him into oh, the voice of Freak. Snoke. <laughs> oh, you went, you went a different direction. He stays behind and he gives all the weapons to the rebels. So like he's in the facility, the rebels don't go back to the facility and he gives all of the weapons from this facility. Cause if there's no more than 12, they sure as hell had a lot of weapons. Yeah, they did. So, and if well, but they were freeing the levels as they went up. True, they were taking the weapons as they were going, and I, and I get that. But the other part, and this is, I might be wrong, and I probably am. I feel like there were more than one facility when they flew in, and like epi mm -hmm. when they flew there him, seven. there were seven different hexagons, yes, or octagons. But that's just one hot octagon that was freed, right? Yeah. Am I correct? You're right. So there are others out there, and they're coming. Uh, somebody's coming. And so, right are they is the empire coming to try to wreak havoc to reclaim that one or is casting going to be able to get with melshi back to somewhere to try to get picked up and bring the rebels to take and free the other ones now they're they're toast as soon as the empire shows up they're all dead i agree i have a i have a question for you guys it might have just been me but you know Cassian and um, Kino had that scene together where it was just the two of them before they went back into the cells. 
And, um, you know, when he's again, egging him on to, you know, let's get the plan going, let's get moving. We, we have to do this now. There might not be another day, mm-hmm. kind of like a one day more moment from uh, Les Mis, but he, uh, did anyone else think that when he said no one's leaving, did you almost think that he was, um, giving up, giving up on the yeah. plan? For a that minute, was yeah. like a double-edged sword line when he said no one's leaving i'm just like damn it he's not going to go along with it and then and then i realized oh he's telling them they don't have a chance to leave like i, I again great acting there because i was like no he's he's gonna he's gonna bail out on this plan and they're gonna have to talk him into it for another day or something but that was a great scene okay so let, let's go we we've hit the prison break thing and i feel like i mean i thought that was a great part of the story there were two other parts that really stood out to me uh one again i'll go back to the <clears throat> possible shandrillan arranged marriage by davo and mon mothma this is is this where she snaps is this where she goes all in because she has no choices does she is she willing to sell out her family to make the rebellion really happen? Because that's her choice. I mean, her husband, she's pretty much ready to dump get him anyway. It was an arranged marriage, probably as well. There it's stagnant. She doesn't really want any part of it. I think she's ready to dump him. But her daughter, who's been getting brainwashed by her husband for quite a while, is she willing to sell her out? And have her get in an arranged marriage just so she can finance the rebel alliance. I mean, because that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Will she do that? When we see her in Return of the Jedi and in Rebels, has she already done those things? So, two things. One, their interactions was very reminiscent of Game and Thrones. Like, there was a lot of double talk. There was a lot of, like, political posturing between the two of those in that meeting Mm -hmm. second uh about the second point that i want to go is i think at this point she also sees the writing on the wall that the husband and the daughter are against her and as much as she doesn't want to do it she knows that this is what's going to make it the arranged marriage is going to be what makes it look the most accurate so she can continue to keep the charade up so i think that while she doesn't want to do it, she will go along with the arranged marriage to be able to get the money that she wants because she's worried about that. And then to be able to keep the, the facade and the charade going. So I think she, yes, she will sell out the daughter. Alfie D doc. I think she'll be bailed out by this massacre. And she'll just openly go to the rebellion. Okay. You're thinking, you're thinking the what is it the gorson the, the, the 50 people that that, that we're going to talk about here in a second that no no no, no. if you've been paying attention to the senate oh, the, schemes, the, the people who are losing who are getting all their yeah. food taken and all that yeah okay i i mean i uh i actually watched a guy who actually translated that entire scene because there was a lot of you know political talk as you said and last night there was a guy i wrote his name down screen crush on youtube he actually literally like word for word you know they would say a line to each other and he was like kind of putting it a bit more simpler for idiots like me um 
and he he had the theory that Mon Mothma was married off to her husband the same way he's trying to have uh, her daughter. Yeah, you know, married I would off. agree. I would agree. That's probably yeah. yeah. She wants something yeah. different for her daughter, and she's now got to decide if she's got to put her through the same thing. Yeah, because her face, right when he said that, her face, you know, again, oh. great acting by by the actress. You know, Jennifer her face O'Reilly? just changed in a second. You know, um, and yeah. yeah he, he read that too because he is instantly his next line is I'm not talking about a betrothment, which he kind of is, right? Mm-hmm. And then my favorite line from I was actually hoping it was gonna be Quinlan Voss or so like some like somebody else like that wasn't necessarily like bringing him in, like he, he has a different name on that plan on Cinderella or something. I was hoping it was gonna be something like that. But th- the last line when he left was also very telling too, which tells you that there's mm-hmm. a lot of political posturing when he looked at her and she's like something and his answer was, well, that's the first untrue thing you've said the entire time. She said, I'll never do that. She said, I'll never do that to my daughter or my family. Yeah. And that's where he turned. You're right. Good scene. It was was a very good scene for all the people who, who think they maybe talk too much. I thought that was a really good scene. Um, And speaking of talking, but okay. But so the it's, (laughs) Yes, they say they talk too much, but a lot of that scene was between the lines. That was a lot of that scene was not talking. A lot of that scene was what was left out of the lines and what they yeah. and what they were reading each other. Like so, I think it was great writing and acting to be able to build that tension, to build that that intrigue with just simple lines back and forth, but at the same time you could tell that there was posturing and that they were reading each other and they were double talking. Good. Okay. So my HBO max subscription is getting ready to run out. So I've been rewatching game of Thrones and I think where the show is missing, it's almost there with the dialogue, Mm -hmm. but it's not quite there because game of Thrones dialogue seems like action when they're talking. And this is almost there, but it's not quite yet. And that's where it gets kind of dull. Mm-hmm. I I hate that. I, you know, I, I know it sounds like I harp on this series a lot. I think this series has a lot of potential and it's showing what Star Wars could be like at the next level. And I, I really think that, you know, this is a good stepping stone for someone to come in and say, I can take this a little bit further. And I can make an Andor like series 80%, but then I can kick in 20% of the fun of the Mandalorian. And I, I really just think that's what this series is missing is some aspect of fun in it. It's really great. It's really great acting, great dialogue, great cinematography, great, you know, set design, you know, the costumes are great. Everything is great, except it, I just think it's just missing that fun aspect of star Wars. Well, and I mean, that's where yeah. it comes off as a little dull and it just seems like they're talking last week. I think you said, Oh, I just, what, what are you going to have? You're going to have the, this guy, this gangster come in and they're going to have this awkward scene. And then you're going to like, and it, it, it's exactly what happened. Right. And it was right. this awkward scene. It was, I think it was a fantastic scene, but it, it was, is, but it's like, it's an awkward, what, maybe three minutes of the episode. 
Right. And then you're going to get another awkward three minutes of the episode to move Mon Mothma's story along for the next episode. So could it move faster? Could we move this Mon Mothma? Could we have moved this meeting to two parties before and probably put this in um, at the beginning of this arc when they've had one dinner party and at the second one he he gets introduced and has this conversation with Mon Mothma at the second dinner party as opposed to now having a separate you know what I mean? Like, I think that mm-hmm. would help. That could have helped. So. um, Okay. The other monologue that, that I thought was really some of the best Star Wars, uh, you know, just dialogue and everything. When Luthen's giving his, his speech to uh, Lonnie as he's coming up, he's coming up the, the tube right to him. And he's basically trying to get out of the mafia, right? He's basically saying, hey, I'm going to wipe my hands clean of it. I've been part of it, but I'm out. I got a wife, got a daughter, all this stuff. But as we all know, Alfie, you and I. You don't get out. You don't get out, right? I mean, you just don't. I mean, we face it every day, brother. But you don't <laughs> get out. Um, but I thought one of his best lines, <clears throat> because here's Lonnie saying, what have you given up, right? And he went through just a list right a litany of of here's what i've given up right i mean and and he went through it went through it and then i think one of my favorite lines was i share my dreams with ghosts and i just think that's just a really great line but go ahead brayton looks like you've got another line there i thought well, that was fantastic go ahead first i predicted everything like because they said what do you give up and i said everything it just took him longer to get there but the <laughs> one but the one line that i liked was i fight for a sunshine that i'm never gonna see or yes. it was something to that yes. sunrise a sunrise. sunrise that i'm never gonna see like he understands that it's going it's a long term he's in it for the long haul and he's got to play the long game and he realizes that like he may not even see it, but he's got to fight it. He's playing for blood. And and I just want to know why is he like, he said, I've been doing this for 15 years. So at this point now, my brain goes to what the hell triggered, what the hell triggered you to do this? Like where, where, when did the empire make you like, what happened with the empire? What was your backstory that made you feel this way? Yeah. See, now this monologue right here, Joe, because I know you've never watched Game of Thrones. Yep. This monologue right here was Game of Thrones worthy. This is how their dialogue in the series is all the time. Yeah. When they're talking, it seems like they're at war. Okay. So it's a good comparison to say, okay, the difference between Mon Mothma scene and then this scene. Okay, yes, Mon Mothma scene, there was a lot of dialogue and there's stuff going on, but you really didn't need to pay attention. She's talking to a gangster. He offered something. She said no, but she needs to say yes. Okay, that's the gist of it. This one, you're hanging on every word because it it's the equivalent of Cassian gun smoking, you know, those guys in the prison. Well, because he said, I'm willing to just drop those 50 people and let them die. Right. Just as part of the cause. I mean, I, I'll just lose them. That's just part of right. it. And it's going to make people more angry at those 50 get killed and it's also going to look good for you Lonnie to make it look like you're still doing your job for the empire if those 50 people die right I mean, just crazy a pawn to, to protect a queen you know he's playing chess yeah yeah 
I thought the show did a great job of making you feel like you were Lonnie and Skarsgård uh, Luthen was talking to you, you know, like you felt like you were standing in that elevator looking at him on that, you know, Coruscant underground, you know, just yelling at your ass, reaming you out, you know, Th this is why we're in this fight, you know, like you need to freaking get your stuff together and keep, keep your head down and keep going. It's not easy. It's not fun. It's going to be terrible, but we're in this and it's for, and this is the reason why, and don't forget it basically. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it's just because I look like that guy or what, but I was a little intimidated during that scene. <laughs> like Alfie said, it, it, like you're hanging on every word there. So. Well, not only are you not going to get out of helping and being part of this rebellion, you can't leave the empire either. Mm -hmm. Like, like if you try to retire from the empire, what the hell are you going to do? They're going to keep watch on you. You're like, you're going to screw up at some point. Like, so Lonnie is just stuck, right? Until you can make a change. He, he, he sees both sides. He sees the empire for what it was because he did make pledge of the allegiance, but now he just wants to cut bait and cut all ties with mm -hmm. everything. And Luthen's like, well, you can't cut us because we need you. And they're going to know that something's up if you leave and they're going to start watching you and you're gonna, they're going to figure you out and you're not going to be surviving if it, that happens either. Yeah. So you got to keep on keeping on to make sure that you survive. Mm. What a tough, what a tough way to live having that on both sides of you like that. It's, it, it reminds me of city slickers. She's got one ball. He's got the other. Oh, just you guys remember that scene. Do not call Mr. Levine. Leave it. Do not leave, call Mr. Levine. Leave it up to you to bring up a 35-year-old movie. <laughs> I if if hate were people, I'd be China. Sorry. I just had to do the line from that movie. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry. I think I, I think Lonnie's getting gun smoked before before the season ends. Really? That's that's a call. I think he's getting gun smoked. Unless he is that guy who runs to Mon okay. Mothma in, in Rogue One with the mustache. I don't know. See, I I'm feeling like Luthen's gonna figure it out because this guy's thrown everything he can in for Luthen. He's gonna figure out a way to make it look like he's dead and end up with the True. rebellion. That's my thought. And Alfie's okay. shaking his head already. He's gonna crack under the pressure. <laughs> He'll get gun smoked, but he'll do it himself. I bet you, I bet, I bet you, Deborah's going to turn him. Deborah's going to be the one that turns him. And so I was listening to last week's podcast, and I have a bone to pick about this slap face Cyril, which we didn't get any of him to this week. None. Which is oh, fine. great. So that means we get I, another long, awkward scene with those two next episodes. Cyril, eat your cereal. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk to your uncle, Cyril. Man, his mom's got to get gun smoked. <laughs> so here's the deal. I was not, I, I think I'm opposite of you guys. I don't think that there's going to be any of this, um, this weird, kinky awkwardness that goes on. I honestly think she's done with him. I honestly think that she would have him arrested if she sees him again. I I was under the impression prior to prior to the episode where she pulled him in and interrogated him that when she interrogated him and he gave that details that she would be like, "All right, you might be worth something and you can join my team." But she said, "No, screw you. Go back to your own lowly job because you're a piece Oh, of poo. slow down there, speed racer. We still got two episodes left. We're jumping way ahead. Can't move the story that fast. 
<laughs> I mean, if Anders, ta- Andor, if Ander, if uh, Cassian Ender has taught us anything, we can't yes, move that Ander. fast. <laughs> Working on your impressions no. over there, Lonnie. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I, I was muted. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do not see that happening. I okay. think she I think she's legit done with him. I think that she she has none of that in her mind. Now, do I think there could be uh Cassidy Randor a parody made in a nature where that would become a a plot point for that movie that only adults can watch? Possibly. Uh, but I don't believe or see that as happening in in this show. Like I just don't see that happening. I think she's done. Okay. With them. I personally think she's done. I I personally don't think that Tony Gilroy is that mean of a person to make us sit through this with those two for this long and it not go anywhere. Wow. She likes the way Taylor's his pants. You know, she saw that she's like, oh, it looks like he got those taken in a little bit. I kind of don't care that he's stalking me. I can smell but a little cereal on his breath. Too. I think we try to ship everything. I think that the 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 world has become shippers, and everybody wants to ship everybody. They want to, even... they want to, they want to ship Mon Mothma and the banker. Like there are people that want to ship every male female role in every movie, and it and doesn't some, have to be not male female. Well, no, I mean, you, right? There's female female. There's male male. People wanted to ship Poe and uh, Finn. Finn. Yeah, they're they people want to sh- like people want to see relationships in these things, and they get mad when they don't see them. But I don't think there's going to be a relationship between these two. That's fine if there's not a relationship. That's totally fine. But for God's sakes, there should be a point to those two <laughs> repeatedly having <laughs> these scenes together. <laughs> because if not, then why do you, why is Cyril still on the show? Yeah, well, he wasn't on this episode, so we don't know if he's going to be back. That's he was, because he's been at, on that, every episode up till this one. That's because episode eleven is going to be a serial based. Oh, that'd be so amazing! So many slaps in his face. Oh, that'd be so great. Don't you feel kind of bad for what is her name, Cinta? How well, long she, has she been on Ferrix? Like yeah, months just sitting there. Yeah, but it, like, okay, so watching that, that house all day long. Yeah. <laughs> And that's all they showed this episode. They showed yeah. like her watching the house, and then they panned to a star- stormtrooper, and that's all we got. Yeah. Well, the undercover imperial officer that yeah. was dinner. It's that's because that's where they're going back. They're going back. He's going to try to get his mom. He's, He's got to get, get Bix. Bix. He's got to get Bix out. Got to get the droid. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and do you think? Um... Uh, and I forget her name at this point, but do you think Andor's mom is going Marva? to, uh, yeah, Marva. Marva, Marva. Do you think she's going to be like almost sick to the point of her deathbed, you know, yes. because uh, they showed that if I'm not mistaken in the, uh, you know, clips before the episode. And then did they show a doctor going to see her in this yeah. episode? That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cause she's refusing to take her medicine. Yeah. yeah, something like yeah, that. So yeah, so it's it's she's she's going to be the bait that leads Cassian, you know, under these eyes. But again, in this scene, you know, we're panning out, and it's like every time we go back to this planet, you can feel the Empire taking its grip mm-hmm. on it more because you you can hear the comms going on. 
you, you see the stormtroopers standing on the streets now in this episode. Like, I don't know that that's always been, and you know, not to go too long on a mini rant here, but I I'm in a um, discord with Jake James Lugo, the big group on there. And um, I was telling him today because he's, he is, 100% on the exact same boat as Alfie on this show. If not, he might even be a bit more out on it. I was saying, I think this show is trying to progressively show you of people living normal lives and how much the empire became a part of their lives. That's why maybe it doesn't feel as much as star Wars in the beginning. And maybe I'm giving them too much credit with this, but to me, it's almost like, yeah, here's a group of guys who are just working at the scrapyard every day. You know, they know the empire is out there, but like it's never really totally affected their lives. They just want to put their head down, do their job, go ahead, whatever. And it's like as every episode goes on, you just start seeing more and more presence of the empire on this tiny random ass planet just because that's how much they care about anyone who stands up to them. And it's getting to this buildup of like, we'll kill all of you. We don't care at that point, you know? And that's what I think this show is doing, at least for me. Like maybe I'm giving them too much credit for that, but I just feel a buildup over each. Yeah, I, I like that part of the show. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Agreed. Something we've been wanting for years to say, it didn't just flip a switch. How did it transpire from being clones and the emperor to the empire and stormtroopers and slowly but surely getting that grasp around the galaxy right so all because yeah. Slapface didn't listen to his supervisor yep <laughs> yep Just and deborah we still have not seen her walking with the the dark troopers are they dark no they're not dark death troopers, troopers. they're death, death troopers. troopers yeah i i knew it was one of the two so we have not seen that image of her walking down the street with the death troopers behind her and uh obviously it's going to come in the it's next coming. two episodes and it probably is going to come because Cassie and Ender is going back to see his mom. Cassie and Ender. <laughs> Cassie and Ender. <laughs> I, by the way, he's a fantastic like Circus and and Skarsgård are and Luna oh. are probably my favorite actors in this series. Like I really enjoy what they're doing with this with their characters. I agree. I agree. Um, Bellas. Go around the room, round table. How you want to close it up? What do you got? Any points we didn't hit? Anything you want to get before we shut down episode 179 of A Rule the Galaxy? Oh, um, I'll go. <laughs> okay, I wrote some notes go. down at certain points. I didn't hear anybody saying anything. I actually wanted to say two things. Uh, one, I saw Padme's uh, hat in the Luthans uh, place. Good job. I didn't bring that up because I wanted to see if somebody else was. I thought I saw it. I was like, that looks like Padme's thing. And then, as I said, I watched that guy's YouTube where he translated that conversation. And then he was just like, that's Padme's hat right there. And I'm just like, yes, I thought I saw it. Because every time they're in that freaking museum, my eyes are wandering everywhere. Which hat was it? It was episode. Two. Go ahead. Yeah, it was. It was the episode two one where it's pretty much just like flat on her forehead and just like regular. I don't know how you would describe where they're it. Traveling as pilgrims back okay. to Naboo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then also to play off of last week's episode with um, you guys talking about lightsaber uh, colors. 
mine would be orange. Okay. I don't know if an orange saber hilt exists because I heard you guys uh, with Jack Harvey talking about what what color would your lightsaber be and why Ray's was yellow, which I thought that was an excellent conversation. And I laughed my ass off when I thought the episode was over. And then I heard Alfie chime in <laughs> and I was just like, oh, they're extending this. They're extending this right now. Alfie's going to talk about the meaning of it. I was I was enjoying it. That's why I love our podcast, because a week that I'm really not on, I can listen to it on the way home and enjoy it just as much. So I would be orange just because I'm a ginger. Okay. And I just I have... don't know if orange does exist. I'll be the first one then. It's Except... in Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. Cal Kestis right? has it's orange, right? A DLC. Did I steal your th- did I yeah. steal your thunder on that one? Right. But I don't know <laughs> if that is considered canon since it would be a an unlockable feature after you beat uh, the game. Uh no, I was able to get orange when I was before I beat the game because I only played yeah. about two thirds and mine was orange. But I think they released that after the game had been out for a while. Oh, I'm I guarantee because I didn't get it until COVID. Like my wife let me buy my Xbox. I, I could COVID. be wrong, but I think when the game first came out, you had to beat the game first to get the orange one, and then they re released it afterwards. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I, I don't know if that's considered canon or not. I know the okay. game is considered canon, and I know that I used an orange lightsaber without having to unlock crap. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I've how always, I knew that it was. Yeah. I've always loved lightsaber color conversation because I loved Mace Windu when I was a kid because I hardly paid attention to anything that I realized that his storyline had as an adult. You know, I just loved that he had a purple lightsaber. Sure. You know, I played Star Wars Episode One Power Battles for PlayStation One. Plo Koon was in that game. And he had a yellow lightsaber. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I loved Plo Koon before he was essentially ever anything to Star Wars. He was just a character you could play in that game. So, yeah, I love the uh, lightsaber color talk. So, yeah, I'd go orange. Sorry to <laughs> sorry to yeah, you're get good. out more. So, so to bring that up, you talk about lightsaber color and you forget to ask him the most important lightsaber question. Uh, you know, it was it was a really tight fitting night. We were we were. <laughs> No, that was you started that question about two thirds of the way into the show. There but was had, plenty of time to ask that question. I had a list, Joseph. Prepared. And okay, <laughs> you can guarantee I'll have that answer for you by next week. Well, a Dooku stock is high right now too. You know, rule the galaxy. <laughs> rule the galaxy bought low on Dooku. You know. <laughs> I mean, I was waiting for it. Like you started talking about Jedi lightsaber color, and I thought, well, of course, the next follow-up, logical follow-up to that I, conversation is which hilt would you use? Because that's our running shtick for I'm somebody sorry. who comes on the first time. I, I, I will, I will fix that that error. Terrible. I know. Terrible. I just said, I since you brought it up, D Doc, I, I thought I, I <laughs> thought it it, it it triggered that memory that I was like, come on. Brent, besides besides belittling me for my errors, is there anything? <laughs> it was a great episode. <laughs> Other than just being sarcastically angry at you. Um, no, I. While I do understand the the pacing of it, um, the coworkers that I have, I'm enjoying. Um, they come in and they know that I'm a Star Wars person, like. Uh, I knew that I, he knew that one of my coworkers knew that I watched it on Wednesday. He's like, don't talk to me. And then like this morning, <laughs> this morning he was like, it was a really good episode. And somebody else was standing next and was like, we couldn't say much. 
but I was like, so the fact that they come and we have the conversations and we get into the, we get into the, basically the same arguments that we have on the podcast. And when, when he makes a point that I've heard on you guys say, I just kind of chuckle to myself and I'm like, yeah, I mean, that is pretty much exactly what we just talked about. <laughs> so it like, it is resonating with a lot of fans and a lot of fans that I know, a lot of fans I know are watching it think it's good star Wars it's just there's not a lot of that internet chatter about it. Yeah. It, like a lot of people are the people that like it really like it, and the people that don't are tuned out. Like you said, James James Lugo, Jake James Lugo, not a huge fan of the show. I mean, he wasn't really a huge fan of Obi Wan and Boba Fett either. Um, but yeah, there are the. I feel like the people that are into it are really into it, but they also don't share a lot of it on social media. And I'm hoping that that's just because they're so sick of ever the other stuff. Yeah. But I'm guessing Mandalorian, when it comes out, it's going to have a thousand people posting and trying to do spoilers just because of the nature of the show. 100%. 100%. Well, cool. Alfie, how about you? Like I said, I think this was by far the best episode. Um, and, you know, on thinking about it, this is this show to me is the opposite of the book of Boba Fett. I didn't really care for a lot of the content. But that show paid off with a lot of fun, especially the end with the Mando bros and all that, where this show is, I love so much about this show, but I just, it's just missing that fun Star Wars to me. I, I think it just needs just a little more pizzazz to it and it would be a lot yeah. better received. I think, I think every... I think one of the basis of Star Wars started way back in the original trilogy when you had great one-liners by people like Han Solo. He had the great one-liners of the original trilogy. Ewan McGregor had the, and Obi-Wan had the great one-liners of the prequels. Um, you know, Finn had some good lines. Of, what? Oh, Finn only said Ray. He had, he, they had a couple. He did have some good ones. He, you know, Joy, please. Um, but you know, it, there there were some. I think it's a key element of Star Wars. People don't talk about it enough. So, Alfie, I agree with you. It's a key element <clears throat> that that probably is missing. You probably need that little bit of a look side glance, kind of a silly thing. Yeah. This episode ended with such drama intention, or let's just say the prison break ended with such drama intention, with you know the hangar bay and the drop and the swim and you you know in. Nico can't swim and all that. And it was great. It was phenomenally done. But if they would have escaped in TIE fighters and there were explosions and, you know, <laughs> zipping in and out, it would be all over the internet. No, everybody would be talking about it. Yeah. Okay. I, do, I don't want that for this show, but this show needs something like that. Okay. A2SO. They told. Be, they said. Kate, they said he's not going to be in it. This was way mm -hmm. back, way back, way he's, back. They, he's got to be. If this is they, leading up to, if this is leading up season. to Rogue One, he's got. Second yeah, season. season two. They tell you lots of things, Brent. You know. <laughs> yes, they do. I mean, they tell you movies are going to happen and they don't happen, right? Because yeah. they because of Hollywood. As Alfie's saying that, I'm thinking about Rogue One and why it has that star wars feel and k2 delivers so many of those lines that make you laugh in it you know as all this serious stuff is happening cheer so. it cheer it and k2 yep sure it was sure it was amazing he's my boy yep so my hey favorite. guys my... i'm cutting it short we had a good good run on it tonight 
chapter 179 of rule of the galaxy um i had a lot of fun and uh besides going through all the spiel look for rule of the galaxy pretty much everywhere you can look for it add either an sw or a podcast next to it and you'll find us somewhere um these guys are great that's why i do this is because they're so much fun and uh we could be out at the bars chasing women all that kind of stuff right now but you know what we're doing we're bringing star wars content and having fun that's what we do that's what we do football and crab cakes damn it that's what maryland does um (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's been a blast it's been a pleasure until next week may the force be with you